Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I just want to note that today's episode has some language that might not be the best for kids. Okay, here's the show. Along the Pacific coast of El Salvador, there's a road that winds toward a string of beach towns. Part of the highway is kind of new, and then you go through part of the highway that's old and in disrepair. Bloomberg reporter Ezra Fieser has driven that route from the capital, San Salvador, out to a small surf town called El Sonte. Down off the cliffs, you see some of these kind of nice, posh hotels that are catering to some of the foreign surfers. These towns that obviously have had this tourist boom. And then you get into El Sonte, and it seems like a real nothing town. It's the kind of place where you see locals selling pupusas, street dogs lying in the shade, and tanned expat surfers heading for the horseshoe-shaped volcanic beach. But there's one key difference between El Sonte and the other surf towns. And then all of a sudden you come across these giant garbage barrels with the Bitcoin B spray-painted on the outside of them. And then you start to see in some of the shops, some of those kind of dirt floor restaurants, you see little signs hanging over the, the entrance that says Bitcoin accepted here. If you weren't looking for it, you, it might take you a little while to kind of notice it. But then when you start noticing it, it seems like it's everywhere. El Sonte is now known to both locals and expats by the nickname Bitcoin Beach. For the past two years, the town has been experimenting with cryptocurrency, hoping to create an economy that runs, at least partially, on Bitcoin. Now, the Salvadoran government wants to try this nationally. Today on the show, what happens when you take one beach town's crypto-utopian fantasy and make it national policy? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick with us. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. 
That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We ready? Sit. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. In early June, there was this conference in Miami. You can probably tell from that clip, this was not a buttoned-up corporate kind of thing. It was called Bitcoin 2021, and a guy named Jack Mallers was on stage in a hoodie and a baseball cap, pacing back and forth, talking about El Salvador. They had a huge problem of financial inclusivity and providing their citizens with basic human freedom. Mallers created an app to send cheap international Bitcoin transfers, like Venmo, but for crypto. And he's part of this group of expats working on the Bitcoin experiment in El Salvador. And he's been living in El Sante for about three months. He's from Chicago, looks very young, loves to swear whenever possible, talks a lot about the kind of inequities in the global financial system. I've heard him talk about how when stimulus checks were cut in the U.S., the people in El Salvador got all of the inflationary um, effects of those stimulus checks, but none of the actual stimulus there. El Salvador receives around north of $5 billion, close to $6 billion a year in remittances that are sent back from the roughly 2 million Salvadorans that are living in, in the United States. And his app that he's designed, which is called Strike, what it allows people to do is send almost like a PayPal um, transfer across borders using Bitcoin for pennies. Mallers is just one of the expats who's been preaching the virtues of Bitcoin in El Salvador a country that currently uses the U.S. dollar as its currency. Another one is Michael Peterson, the man who got the whole Bitcoin beach idea off the ground. Peterson first came to El Sante 17 years ago on a surfing trip. And over the years, he began dividing his time between the town and his home in California. He and his wife started volunteering in El Sante, funding small development groups and church projects. And then, two years ago, he got a mysterious proposition. About two, early 2019, he was introduced some, to someone who told him, listen, we have this donor who has given us a Bitcoin to carry out commu- uh, development projects with, and we really don't know what to do with it. And he said to him, would you like to meet this donor? And Michael said, well, I'll go and meet him to hear him out. So has a meeting, um, expects to meet the donor in California, ends up sitting across the table from the advisor to the donor, he still doesn't fully know who the donor is. So during this meeting, he's told the donor has a a cache of Bitcoin, but instead of cashing out the Bitcoin, he wanted to use it to fund a project in which Bitcoin would be used 
to create kind of a circular economy. And he was invited to submit a proposal for Elizonte. He, the way he tells it, he went back to his wife and he said, you know, this is such a preposterous idea that has to be true. It, it can't be a scam. And so he said, okay, we're, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it the whole town and we're going to do, try to get all the businesses to accept Bitcoin and we're going to get, uh, develop a way for people to trade it amongst themselves and pay each other and pay bills, everything in Bitcoin. No one was that into Peterson's idea of an economy where Bitcoin just cycled through the town like a closed loop. Not until the pandemic hit and the town's tourist economy crashed. Peterson and his local colleagues retooled their idea and decided to just give Bitcoin away. It wasn't much. It was 35 to $50 worth of Bitcoin a month to about 500 families. They start going to the, the businesses and saying, like, we have this Bitcoin. Can we spend it on staple goods? Then the businesses start to see this demand for Bitcoin and they go to the Bitcoin beach people and they start to say, how do, what do we do to start to, you know, accept Bitcoin transactions? So from that point, it really just took off. Like he starts to see it grow out of the town and more and more people coming that have now at this point kind of something around 90% of, of the households in the, in the town interact with Bitcoin on a regular basis and about, you know, four dozen or so businesses that are accepting it in this little town. It's, pre it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how far along it's come in such a short time. It sounds almost like you're saying that they took this supply of Bitcoin and and created a demand. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that the um, pandemic really, you know, heightened the speed at which they could do it because there was a lack of other income coming in from the tourist economy. And so for some of these people, it was a lot of what they had coming in as as income and it was what they had to spend. Even though no money was coming in from tourism, the Bitcoin gift meant the people in town could buy things from one another. And once Bitcoin took off in El Sante, Peterson decided to make an app for people in town to hold and use their Bitcoins more easily. He worked with a company in California to make a custom app, which they named Bitcoin Beach. One thing you mentioned in your story is that for people in the U.S. or other developed economies, that Bitcoin might seem like an ideology or a way of thinking about the international financial system, but that at Bitcoin Beach, these guys are hoping to solve problems. Tell me a little bit about the problems they want to solve. I met a woman that has a small pizza shop, and she told me she has six children. Four of them have migrated to the U.S. She has four children living in the U.S. Consistently, they were sending money back to her. This was before the um, project. She was regularly having to go spend as much as a day taking a bus to the local town where the closest town that had an actual office or bank where she could collect the remittance, uh, paying a huge fee for, especially if it was a small amount of money, to actually pick it up. And then, you know, leaving her business and leaving that income that she could have gotten behind while she went, while she took the bus into town to get the remittance. She started using Bitcoin. And she's been able to save so much that she actually started use, using it to send money to her child in the U.S. Wow. Rather than get money back. So that's just an example of like one, the remittance question, um, you know, the time that it, it takes to, to go and pick it up, the fees that are associated with it, and the, pro the problems that these, the, these organizers are trying to solve in using Bitcoin to make those transactions simpler. There's also the idea that using a smartphone to save money or pay for things with Bitcoin is easier than operating in an all-cash economy. 
By some estimates, 70% of people in El Salvador don't have bank accounts, but they do have cell phones. About 80% of the population has some mobile phone service, even though there's a big divide between urban and rural areas. You cover Latin American economies, and obviously there have been so many financial crises in Latin America with currencies up and down, inflation, devaluation, interventions by various central banks, etc. I wonder if there is something about the Latin American financial experience that makes it maybe more fertile ground for a crypto experiment. You look across the region, as you mentioned, and the, the volatility with the currencies is enough to probably more on a grassroots level to have people experiment with with crypto maybe than in other places. You know, it's interesting about El Salvador, as you mentioned, it dollarized um, 20 years ago. So it's also an advantage in terms of crypto because nobody's there to defend the local currency, right? You're, right. You're Who cares? It's the, the US dollar. dollar. Right. <laughs> it's the US dollar, right. In these other countries, even though there's been, you know, this drastic volatility, you know, in a place like Argentina, they still have their their own uh, local currency. So I do think that there is possibility for more experimentation with crypto than in more developed places. When we come back, the Bitcoin Beach experiment goes national. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Earlier in the show, we played you some clips of Jack Mallers talking about El Salvador at the Bitcoin conference. Now, Mallers, of course, is running a business. He's trying to get people to use his app. But Mallers has made a friend, fellow Bitcoin enthusiast Nayib Bekele, the president of El Salvador, who used that conference to make a big announcement. Next week, I will send to Congress a bill that will make Bitcoin a legal tender in El Salvador. It's the first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender. That means taxes can be paid in Bitcoin, and companies are required to accept it if they have the technology to do so. But there are no plans to replace the dollar, and the government says it will set up a $150 million cash fund so people can exchange their Bitcoin for dollars. Not long after you were there, Bitcoin became legal tender. Tell me a little bit about Bekele's embrace of Bitcoin. What we know about Nayib Bokele, he's a younger president. He's 39 years old now. He had, during his political career, really kind of disrupted the political system in El Salvador. He used to be mayor of San Salvador. He 
got kicked out of his political party and then started his own. We know that back in as early as, say, 2017, when he was mayor of San Salvador, he tweeted about, you know, kind of, we're going to use Bitcoin and didn't really say Hmm. much more about it, but, you know, kind of hinted at it. He's got a very pro-Bitcoin social media presence. Yeah. And I know from talking to people in the government while I was there that him and many people in the party have held, held Bitcoin for a while. So at some point after um, the project in Bitcoin Beach got started, we also know that he was paying close attention to how it was going in El Sante. And when I was there, I was told, you know, he's very interested. He recognizes that it's important to be first in something like this. And it was still a question, though, of when he was going to do it. El Salvador has been using the U.S. dollar since 2001, and in part to try to spur economic growth, in part also because of remittances, which you mentioned. Is it possible, do you think, to get a sense of how attractive using Bitcoin might be to people nationally? After the announcement, there was obvious huge interest in what was going on because you saw downloads of the Bitcoin Beach app of the Strike app just shoot up, you know, tenfold. I think Michael Peterson told me that even though the price of Bitcoin had kind of gone down, transactions after the announcement started to spike. So I think there's clearly interest there. But Ezra says it's unclear how that interest is going to translate into reality. After all, El Sonte is a small town with money from a mysterious donor and a special app just for its Bitcoin. In some of the communities in El Salvador, it's going to be a much more difficult task to roll out something that's as successful as as Bitcoin Beach because you don't have some of those other elements. You know, if you go into some of these small towns in El Salvador, you don't have as much of a tourist presence. You might be more isolated even than El Sonte to things like banks and other infrastructure. So El Sante is what's happened there is very unique because of all these other elements and doing it on a nationwide basis. You're really going to need, I think, a huge effort on the part of the of both the government and people like the, the guys that are working out in Bitcoin Beach to to roll it out um, several of these projects you know, like locally around the country. You know, one of the things about Bitcoin, though, is that it can fluctuate as much as 50 percent in a couple of months. The idea of not using the world's most stable reserve currency, the dollar, and using Bitcoin instead seems risky. What do the Bitcoin evangelists say to that? Since this time that they really started in earnest until the time I was there, there were a couple dips, momentary dips in, in the price. But really, it was up, you know, sixfold, sevenfold, something like that from the year before. So everything's going great. Everything's going great. It's really easy to kind of convince people to use Bitcoin and to get more Bitcoin when one day it's worth, you know, 500 and then a month later it's worth 800 or something. And there's a podcaster that was there the week I was there and he said, you know, it's very cool when you get $30 and all of a sudden it's up to 60 or 50, but what happens when it's down, you know, 20 or 15? And that's the real test. I don't think I talked to anyone who said it's a smart idea for you as the owner of the pupusa shop or whatever 
to hold, hold everything in Bitcoin, they do recognize that it, the, the, the volatility is a risk. And so they do say, you know, we say, take some of your, take 10%, take 15%, take whatever, and put it in Bitcoin. You're still going to be using dollars. But I hear you say this, and I hear you talk about someone, you know, saving a little bit or holding and watching the price go up. What happens to them if Bitcoin plummets? Yeah. So last day I was there, I should say that was the day that Elon Musk tweeted about Tesla no longer taking um, Bitcoin. His, and that week it had been stable. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, it's an unusually stable week for, for Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden saw something like, you know, an eight or nine or 10% drop in a couple of days. And it is going to be a question for not just for El Sante in terms of how successful they've been, but if El Salvador is trying to roll this out in this this period of you know higher volatility or even you know extended down cycle, it's going to be a real question about how much they can get people to adopt it and how quickly. You have this line in your story that it's the contentious crypto debate common among those fortunate enough to be from a prosperous economy where Bitcoin is as much about a belief system as it is about a financial one. And I wonder how you think the people you met, be they the locals or the expats, square this idea of a test of a belief system, but also one that could make or break people's lives and livelihoods. For the people that are there carrying out this project, they're already really Bitcoin believers, as you mentioned. And I think that for people that are at that point, there's really not any going back for them or for the project. And I think the people that are locally exposed to it in the last couple of years, I think that a lot of them have gone through a similar process in which they are kind of in it for the long haul, that they are, they no longer treat it as an experiment, that they think that this is really just how things are now that, you know, they're going to ride the volatility. They're going to be smart about how they um, they use Bitcoin in connection with the U.S. dollar. And that from here on out, this is how their financial system is going to work. It's going to be part Bitcoin, part dollars. Ezra Fieser, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Ezra Fieser is a Latin America markets reporter at Bloomberg. All right, that's our show for today. TBD is produced by Ethan Brooks, and this week we're edited by Troy Bosch and Allison Benedict. Alicia Montgomery is the big boss, and TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. And I want to recommend you listen to Wednesday's episode of What Next. It's about whether Democrats are blowing their chances to get a voting rights bill through Congress. Mary Harris will be back in your ears on Monday. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.